over the powers of darkness and the demons of hell. Father, in the name of Jesus, they'll not have our family. Father, we thank you and praise you today, Lord God. As we lift up every family member, Lord, we cry out for their souls today in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for their salvation, that you would save our unsaved loved ones. God, wherever they are, whatever shape they're in, wherever they may be, Lord God, whatever state they're in, we cry out for them right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, save them. Save them to the uttermost. Save them, oh God, as they're wandering, save them, Lord. As they're crying out, save them, Lord God. As they reach out, save them, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, your arm is not too short that you cannot save them. Father, you can reach them wherever they are. So today we lift up, Lord, every unsaved loved one. We lift up, Lord, every lost son. We lift up, Lord, even those, Lord, that you're speaking to about this house, those that you're trying this way and those that you've been speaking to their minds those that you've been dealing with we lift them up before you this morning in the name of Jesus and father we cry out this morning and pray for every ACM church every church every parent church every minister every ministry this morning we lift them up before you in the mighty name of Jesus we speak grace over their lives grace over their ministries grace over the calling in the name of the Lord Jesus yes God father we pray in Jesus name for our leaders this morning apostle senior and sister senior this morning we speak life favor and blessing thank you Lord for your grace thank you for your work and even though Lord God reports are saying this and that's going to happen they won't be long we thank you that our time is in your hands we thank you that you do the miraculous you do the supernatural yes Lord God give life so we speak life in the name of Jesus we pray for Pastor Gardner this morning we lift him up before you God we speak blessing over him favor grace strength in the name of the Lord Jesus and Father we pray in Jesus name for this great house Lord thank you for the souls Lord God that are headed this way thank you for the souls that are being won Lord thank you for the souls being birthed into the kingdom thank you for the revival that's on its way the revival that begins right now because it begins in me thank you God we praise you we bless you we lift up our leaders Bishop and Dr. Jim we speak life over them we speak grace over them we speak blessing over them we speak strategies over them in the name of Jesus wisdom Lord God for the upcoming revival wisdom and strategies for the growth and expansion of this house in the name of the Lord Jesus Father God we thank you and we praise you for everyone that's believing you for the miracle for the supernatural for you to do the impossible and Lord God we thank you give you the praise the glory and the honor not everybody that's believing God can do something exceptional lift your voice and give him a shout of praise
hold your hands and just bow. God bless you. Again, find three people, not some of you came with, not your husband, your wife, or some of you don't know, stretch yourself and say, I'm a child of God. No coronavirus comes in my house. You got that? And bow down. Amen. Go find three people. Don't shake your hands or hug them. Say, no, I'm a child of God. No coronavirus comes in my house. I'm a child of God. No coronavirus comes in my house. I'm a child of God. No coronavirus comes to my house. got healed here come come here Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You want these In a little bit, yes. How, how many come this morning expecting to hear from the Holy Spirit? Amen? Yeah. I got something that, uh, not new, but uh, the timing of God yeah. is important. And God takes us in stages. And reveals things to us. And this morning, if you'll not just hear the word, but you will apply it right. to your life, you'll notice a freedom and a release in the upcoming seasons of your life. That's right. Something you will experience because it works. And we're talking about cleaning the bloodline. And uh, we have some oral renunciations. We have some scriptures you want to share. Just something to touch you this morning. Amen? And uh, let's open with a word of prayer. And thank you. Uh, as I tell everybody, we're getting ready to celebrate 68 years of marriage. I won't live that long. 
68 years of marriage we've been married. Isn't that great? Yeah. Now you know the math, right? I've been married to her for 34. She's been married to me 34. That's 68 years of marriage. And one more step. Never, ever, I can say this, 68 years of marriage, have we used the D word. Divorce. Never has come up in our marriage. Never. Never divorce. Murder, yes. But not divorce. Amen. Praise the Lord. Probably more on my side. Amen. How many of you know that we live in a time where something needs to change? We live in a season where we've got to begin to see change in our lives, in our walks with God. And how many of you find that the closer you get to Jesus, the more driven you are to see people saved? That's what's got to change in the church. We've got to be more passionate about our walks with God. More passionate. So passionate that you will drag people with you to hear the word of the Lord. Something needs to change. How many of you feel a passion growing as you walk with God? You just got to pray with people. You've just got to share. And I want to tell you, today as you begin to see these truths and as you begin to cleanse your bloodline, you're going to see even more of a passion for Christ. Because when we get the junk out of the way, we got to get the garbage out of the way. We are so blessed in this country, in this house. And I say that because I was just in Japan a couple weeks back. And the thing that just hit me so much was... I preached this on the bloodline. These people were just beside themselves. They wanted to be so close to God and so right with God. And as I was just ministering that word, they were like suddenly on their face crying out to God. And they said to me after the service, now mind you, I'm preaching through interpreters. You're getting straight up English. They were hearing this through interpreters, and they said to me so much, so many times they kept coming up, We have never heard this before. We have never heard this before. We have never heard this before. Look at your neighbor and say, But we have. We have a lot in this house. So I just really admonish you this morning. Get this in you so that you can give it out. Does that make sense? Let's look at Exodus chapter 20. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for spiritual ears that hear and eyes that see. Open our hearts and our spirits to receive the word this morning in the gracious, wonderful, majestic name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Before we begin, though, 
We all have to be on the same page. So if you're here this morning and you've not been born again, you can come to church and not be born again. You've not made a commitment to Christ. You've not turned around and repented of your sins and said, God, forgive me. I'm a sinner and I face the judgment of God. Amen. You can do that this morning together. And those of you that are already part of the kingdom, maybe you've walked away. There's some things in your life you need to be set free of. This morning will help you. But you need to say, I need the mercy and grace of God. I need a fresh commitment this morning. Please, all of you that are here, pray with me out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. For I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Give me the grace and mercy to turn from the things I know that are wrong in my life. I thank you for dying for me and rising from the dead. I confess you as Lord of my life. Amen. Give Lord a clap off this morning. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 5 to bring some understanding to this morning's subject. Very, uh, we're going to answer some questions and we're going to get this done this morning. Amen? Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. I want you to see the last part of that verse. It says, visiting the iniquity, iniquity is sin. We talked a few weeks ago about the difference between iniquity, transgression, and sin. But visiting the iniquity of the fathers, the sin of the fathers, upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. So we are talking about, well, you say, well, I've been born again and, and, that, and it was put away at the cross. We're going to talk about that. Okay? Scripture tells us that the sins of the father will visit the third and fourth generation. See, patterns develop in our children that are the same as the ones deterred in our youth. We see it in our children. And we see it in our parents and our grandparents. We're not talking about being born again and having eternal life and going to the kingdom of God. We're talking about victory after salvation. Cleansing after being born again. Um, Let's look at some examples in scripture. I want to look at David and Solomon. They had, they had vulnerable areas where the enemy answered them and met them in sexual sin. She'll share here about Abraham and Isaac. Abraham and Isaac both, interestingly enough, lied about their wives being their sisters. Isn't it interesting that the sin of the father came on the sin of the son. And yet they loved God. Look at your neighbors say they loved God. David and Solomon were both vulnerable in that area of lust. 
David, we know from the scriptures, committed adultery, lusted. And then here comes Solomon, 750 concubines. Most men would have said one wife is plenty. Amen. <laughs> right? But you see that iniquity. You see the sin. Now look at your neighbor and say, and they loved God. They loved God. Look at Lamentations chapter 5 and verse 7. Our fathers have sinned and are not, and we have borne their iniquities. Mm. So sin, we know, is missing the mark, breaking God's law. How many of you understand sin? The problem in our society and our culture is we just don't call sin, sin. We call it, oh, I made a mistake. Oh, I fell. It's sin. Look at your neighbor and say it's sin. Look at this in the NLT version for a clear understanding. You just read the NLT? Our, our ancestors sinned, but they have died. We are suffering the punishment they deserved. Oh. Ancestors. Oh, does that make it a little clearer? Yeah. All I did, take the same verse and run the NLT. Look, look at that again. Put that back up there. Our ancestors sinned. So my father or my grandfather, my grandmother sinned. But they have died. They've died. And we're suffering the punishment they deserve. Whoa. So I'm paying a price mm-hmm. for what they did. Now, I'm not talking about being born again and going to heaven. Right. And we're not talking about salvation here. Okay? We're talking about restoration after salvation. Being made whole. Not just saved and born again. Being made Renewed. We have to deal with some things that came down the family bloodline. Your father was an alcoholic. Your grandfather was an alcoholic. Guess what you end up being? Alcoholic. So you got born again. You got delivered. Amen. See, my natural father was an alcoholic. He wasn't a gutter alcoholic. He owned an automobile dealership. He was the owner, proprietor. But he was, he'd get drunk and I could tell you stories, the things I remember. Amen. And, uh, so guess what I became? I became a functional alcoholic. He died, I took over the dealership, and I became a functional alcoholic. Two, three times a week. I would drink, I get blackouts. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You start drinking, and you forget part of the nights. You don't remember for a day or two. That's a sign of alcoholism. Oh, I just drank too much once in a while. I wasn't an alcoholic. I had a drinking problem. That's the lie. You have, a pro, you have a problem, you're not an alcoholic. But when you deal with things, because of the grace of God, and the mercy of God, and the goodness of God, come on now, I got born again and got set free. Amen. Now, after I was born again, after I was water baptized, after I was baptized, the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, I battled with alcohol for three years. But I got the victory in the end. Give a little clap off it. I learned the mercy of God. I learned the grace of God. And I wish I would have known what I know now. Back then, I'd have got it a lot sooner. Amen. So sin let, is the cause, but of the iniquity. iniquity is the effect. 
Iniquity is the result. Notice that he got the victory after salvation, but notice that he struggled. How come he just didn't get saved and everything got erased from his life? How many of you know people, or you yourself, that there's struggles in your flesh realm that could be the result of iniquity passed down? It's a twisted nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I battled with alcohol and drugs and other things for three years. Water baptism made a difference. That's why I want to encourage you to be baptized or rebaptize Easter weekend. Amen. It makes a difference sometimes. And I um, one of the things we got to po- point out too, there's a struggle in the spirit realm. So the iniquity is that spiritual hook. We struggle in the natural. So understand this is a spiritual thing and a natural thing. We, in the natural, take authority and we break, annihilate, eradicate, and destroy this junk off our lives. Because it's a spiritual thing. Now, your grandfather was an alcoholic. Your father was an alcoholic. What a shocker that you wouldn't become an alcoholic. Why? Because in the spirit, there's a hook, but in the natural, there's tendencies. So if you grew up in an alcoholic home and that's all you knew, you would think it's strange to be in a home where there was no alcohol. You would think it's strange like, wow, how come nobody's screaming, yelling, and throwing things? (laughs) Are you with me? Now, understand when you're dealing with iniquity, and a twisted nature and sin that is not absolute, it's tendencies. Let me show you another way to look at it. It, It's not just because my father was an alcoholic and my mother was an alcoholic, my mother wasn't, but let's suppose both parents were alcoholics or drug addicts. Doesn't mean you're automatically going to be one. You ever notice that in a family where both parents are, say, alcoholics, and they have seven children, three or four of them become alcoholics and three or four are not? What it does is, it pushes a force against you in the spirit realm that works against you. Okay, I get it. Yeah. So it pushes it in the spiritual realm, forces against you that pride, push, tease, pull, tempt you into that sin. Now this can go for mental illness, this can go for sexual perversion, this can go for this can go for drugs, food, alcohol, uh, ailments such as blood pressure, heart disease, all this stuff is affected. Amen? We're going we're gonna to have some fun this morning, amen? I'm going to give you a scripture that if you could put it up for me, I know it's done on the sheet. Thank you. I want to thank you, Dr. Catherine, for helping me type this lesson. She does this many times. Her and Chaplain Morelli do a lot of the background to help us for the sermons. This is in 2 Corinthians 4. Write it down. If you could put it up. Verse, the King James Version. Verse number 2. You know, as parents, we pray we submit to deliverance, to our children's deliverances sometimes. We break the patterns of iniquity in the bloodline. There's power in the blood of Jesus, and it's not automatic. 
It must be appropriated. Now look at this here. New Testament church, Corinthians, yeah, they had some problems. They were born again, spirit baptized, operating the gifts. Look what they did. Verse 2. But I have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Not walking craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of the truth, commencing, commanding ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. I want you to see the first part. But having renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Now the word there, dishonesty, another word for darkness. But having renounced the hidden things of darkness, orally renouncing the hidden things of darkness. Now, we're going to turn and do some of that this morning. It's a practical lesson today. You have your sheets with you. We're going to do the first five. Now, what's really important is we are going to break the power of iniquity over our lives this morning. God's going to reveal to you things that are in your bloodline. Don't get upset if so-and-so next to you are different than yours. You could even grow up in the same house and they can be different. Hello? Yeah. Now, let me get this clear. You're not digging up old sins and asking for forgiveness. No. You're just breaking you iniquity. Calvary. Yes. You're breaking the bloodline, cleansing the bloodline from these things that don't pass down to your natural children and to your spiritual children. If you see something, break it in Jesus' name. Now, Amen. nothing is bigger than the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Say that. Nothing yeah. is bigger than the blood of Jesus. But... Everybody looks at themselves and says, well, I'm saved. Yeah, but we have to appropriate, apply the blood to areas. The blood provision is there. Nothing's greater than the blood. But now, today, we're going to apply it to our bloodline. Uh, uh, let me give you a, a practical example that I use for appropriation. Did Jesus die for the whole world? Did he shed his blood for the whole world? Is the whole world saved? It has to be individually appropriated and applied by faith to ourselves. Did Jesus die for our healing? Is everybody in the body of Christ born again healed? Has to be individually appropriate, applied. Other things affect it, like forgiveness, resentment, bitterness. Things can affect it, uh, learning, unscriptural teaching. Other things can affect it. But it doesn't negate the promise that by stripes we are healed, by stripes we were healed. Yes. John Taylor just got healed here a couple weeks ago at the altar. We've watched him walk in here for a king for a year and a half. Thank you, God did a miracle. Amen? Give the Lord a clap offering. Amen? But it has to be appropriate and applied. There's a time and things involved. So because it is, doesn't mean it's automatic. It has to be individually appropriate and applied. The same thing with this. You can be born again, spirit-filled, on your way to heaven, tongue-talking, loving God with all your heart, and still have iniquities. That's right. A twisted bloodline that we need to deal with today. Amen? Let's do the oral Let's renunciation. Let's look at these renunciation sheets. We're going to do the first five here. Join us out loud orally. This is the year of the mouth. We're going to decree, right? All right, let's begin. 
We acknowledge, Lord, our wickedness and the wickedness and iniquities of our fathers, for we have sinned against you. We ask that you remove from us and from our children the consequences of ours and our fathers' iniquities. In the name of Jesus, we cast out any familiar spirit attached to the family line, breaking harmful generation ties of destructive patterns in family lines, physical weakness, attitudes, and spiritual influences, rebellion from God, occult practices, all doubt and unbelief. We apply by faith the cross of Jesus and the blood of Jesus between each generation, between me and my children, between me and my husband or wife, between me and my parents, between me and my grandparents, on both sides of my family line. We ask you, Lord, to close the doors and seal them with with your precious blood. In the name of Jesus, I come before you, Father, and I break any and all curses from sexual perversion or from witchcraft, sorcery, charmed by black magic, spoken over, about, placed or prayed in or out of me or my family or that are inherited. I come against curses and command their powers and effects to be broken and to depart from me. I bind and rebuke any and all curses with the blood of and the name of Jesus. I loose any associated and affiliated demons because of these curses from their orders, networks, systems, and groupings. And I break their orders and assignments in the all-powerful name of Jesus. I now break any curses I may have put on anyone else and release them in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I now break of my free will all vows of consecration to anyone or anything or a church, kingdom, organization, or religion, or through superstition that may have been made for me, that I have made for others, or that I made for myself. I sever all ties of bondage in these areas by the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus. I consecrate myself to you, Father God, alone to be your vessel of love. And I thank you. Forgive me, Lord. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I renounce mind control and ask you to send your Holy Spirit and angels to seal off every door through which mind control is receiving reinforcement entrance, control, and aid. Block every access with the blood of Jesus. 
Father, I ask that all spirits in these places from which mind control could draw strength be sealed off. Send angels to break and prevent all communication of such spirits in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by his shed blood. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I renounce and claim freedom in Jesus' name from all filth of a sexual nature which came through my eyes, my ears, or my mind, or through actual participation in this sin. I confess all preoccupation with any passions or lusts that tend to produce sexual sin in my thoughts, mind, or emotions. I confess any and all filthy conversations, obscene or filthy language, or jokes, lewd or obscene music, poetry, literature, or art, all pornography, all acts of sodomy, adultery, immorality, fornication, individual self-masturbation alone, homosexuality, lesbianism, prostitution, child molestation, rape, incest, bestiality, and any and all sexual perversion. I renounce anything of a sexual nature that is contrary to the standards set for believers in the Bible. I also now reclaim all ground I have ever given to Satan in body, soul, or spirit. I dedicate that ground to you, Lord, to be used for your glory alone. I want you to control and empower every area of my life, including all my sexual powers, that from now on they might be used according to your will. I give you, Lord Jesus, my affections, emotions, and desires, and I trust that they might be motivated and controlled by your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Woo! Give the Lord a clap offering. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let, let's take a little deeper and see this in the Bible. Daniel chapter 9, Amen. verses 16 and 17. Can you feel the air? It's already clean. It's starting to clean. Thank you, Jesus. Daniel chapter 9. O oh Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers. There it is, iniquities of our what? Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Daniel was making intercession concerning the sin of Israel for the Lord's sake. So here's Daniel crying out to God. And the interesting thing here is he was repenting for the iniquity 
of the fathers, repenting for Israel. You see, he brought it to God's attention. And he was saying to God, in essence, God, you've got to remove this iniquity. And don't forget, God, you made covenant with Israel. How many of you know God takes covenant very seriously? Look at your neighbor and say, we need to. God takes covenant very seriously so that here's Daniel. He wanted God to remember and maintain his relationship with Israel. How many of you know we have to go before God and repent? Amen? We need to ask God for that gift of repentance, for grace, and for mercy every day. Basically, we have to deal with legal issues. Satan would use or build a case against us. Now let's look at 2 Samuel 21.1. Then there was a famine in the days of David. There was what? Three years. Year after year. And David inquired of the Lord. And the Lord answered, it's for Saul and his bloody house. Because he slew the Gibeonites. Okay, now now look at this. He's been praying for three years. And the people have been fasting and praying. The people are praying, fasting, To find out why there's this famine, this drought. No rain. And he answers, because of somebody that lived before you. Interesting. Now, you can read through the chapter. They deceived Joshua. They made a covenant, an illegal covenant... Oh, we're from far away. Look at our bread. It's stale. We're from far away. Look at our wineskins. You know, our bread, our food was fresh. Now it's stale. Look at our wineskins. They're all dried out. We've traveled a long, long way to get here. They were in the land already. And they were given a promise. God told them to cleanse the land from all the ites. But they let the Gibeonites live. And they made a covenant. You can read about it. They made a, made, made a promise and a vow to them. But God never, they never inquired of the Lord to make this commitment of this vow. They were deceitfully conned, you might say, into a false covenant. And God still honored it. Even though they lied to get it. Because he's a what? Covenant keeping God. Let's go on and dig a little further. Go ahead. So David is going, God, this makes no sense. And God said, it's because of the bloody house of Saul. So Saul went in and destroyed the Gibeonites. Now, in our natural minds, we think, well, he should have. They were ites. But Joshua had made this covenant with them. God honored that covenant. And even like Bishop said, it was a deception, but God takes covenant seriously. So now, what is David going to do? David went back. 
Look at Josh 9 and 15. See, Saul broke the covenant. This granted the devil legal right to shut up the heavens for three years. Right. Shut up the rain. Saul had done this 70 years before the famine. Hmm. Going back three, 70 years before. So David's like, that was 70 years ago. How many of you are getting this? Look at two. 1973, Roe vs. Wade. God, why are we still you know, going on and on about this issue with abortion? That was the 60s. God, why is there still racism all over the uh, United States of America? Civil War was back in the 1800s. Hello? Iniquity. Sin. Look at this. Look at this in Joshua 9. Joshua. And Joshua made peace with them and made a league with them to let them live. And the princes of the congregation swear unto them. So Joshua makes this covenant. Shame on Joshua, but he thought he was doing a good thing. And God told him, kill them all. But he didn't because they came in with their excuses. How many of you hear what I'm saying? We got all these excuses in our nation. We got all these excuses in our families. We got all these excuses. And God's saying, no, there's some legal things. Now, understand something about God. God's throne room is a courtroom. Mm -hmm. We all think there's just going to be billows of clouds and we all get these boxes of bonbons and we just climb up on our cloud and eat bonbons and float all day. God's throne room is a courtroom. And everything about it is about legal issues. The devil has spent zillions of years figuring out legal things that he can use against you. So we have to go in with the wisdom of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God and the power of the Holy Spirit and the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus to break this junk and destroy the enemy's legal right. So David goes in and restores the covenant. Look at 2 Samuel 21, verses 14 and 15. And he brought up from thence the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan, his son. And they gathered the bones of them that were hanged. Look at that. He went and got all their bones. <laughs> And the bones of Saul and Jonathan, his son, buried they in the country of Benjamin and Zelah, in the sepulcher of Kish, his father. And they performed all that the king commanded. Say, they performed all that the king commanded. In other words, they went back and they did everything God had told them to do. They got it to right. To bring restoration. Look, the consequence. And... After, after that. Say after that. After that. Say after that. After that. After that. God what? Was entreated for the land. 
the ring king. Amen. So we are going to break the power and effects of the iniquities so that God will heal our land. Uh, let's get back to the sheet. We're going to do five more. Let's do the next five. Start with commitment. I'm going to bite your head off. Keep it up. I'm going to bite your head off. I love you. Grab this finger. Pray with me. She won't leave me alone. She keeps tempting me and tormenting me and vexing me. Can you believe that? Amen. And they're all in agreement. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Today I commit my life completely to you. Spirit, soul, and body. I ask that you bend, break, and mold me into the person that you want me to be. Lord, teach me to trust in you and to live and walk by faith. Satan, I come against you and all the hosts of hell and reject everything you would have for me. I refuse all the snares, pits, and traps you have set to draw me away from the Lord Jesus Christ. I rebuke you, Satan, and all your hosts in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I ask for your best in my life today and that your will and purposes be done in and through me. I also ask that you keep me in your perfect will and make me a yielded vessel for your work today. Through the blood of Jesus, I am redeemed out of the hand of the devil. Through the blood of Jesus, all my sins are forgiven. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, is cleansing me now from all sin. Through the blood of Jesus, I am justified, made righteous, just as if I had never sinned. Through the blood of Jesus, I am sanctified, made holy, set apart for God. My body is a temple for the Holy Spirit, redeemed, cleansed, sanctified by the blood of Jesus. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, God's Son, Spirit, Soul, and Body. His blood protects me from all evil. Because of the blood of Jesus, Satan has no more power over me, no more place in me. I renounce him and his hosts completely, and I declare them to be my enemies. I command them to leave me now according to the word of God, and in the name of Jesus, I place the blood of Jesus on my doorposts. I draw the bloodline of Jesus around myself, family, friends, possessions, and properties. Father, I come to you now confessing that I have been rebellious, disobedient, stubborn, obstinate, and many other things 
you have forbidden. I now renounce and forsake these sins and ask for and receive your forgiveness and deliverance in Jesus' name from these and all connected, related, and resulting spirits. In the name of Jesus, I now renounce, break, and loose myself from all demonic subjection to my mother, father, grandparents, or any other human beings, living or dead, that have ever in the past or are now dominating or controlling me in any way contrary to the will of God. I thank you, Lord, for setting me free. I also repent and ask you to forgive me if I am or have dominated or controlled anyone the wrong way. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I know that pride is an abomination to you, that a haughty look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imagination, feet that are swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that sows discord among the brethren are seven things that the Lord hates and are abomination unto God. Father, I renounce these and turn away from them. I humble myself before you and come to you as a little child. Father, I renounce unbelief and doubt as sin and ask you to forgive me for entertaining them. I refuse to let these spirits operate in my mind, life, or my walk. Amen. The word iniquity Woo! is the word sin, but it means something perverted to be twisted. Iniquity in the bloodline twists the desires and the purposes of God. It twists moral, uh, our moral compass of who a person is. Uh, it twists the desires of good to evil. It is the twisting of the nature. And that's why we are born again and we have a new nature. We receive the divine nature of God when we are born of God. Second Peter 1 Peter 1.4. Quickly as we begin to now, share a few look last at this. thoughts. Whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises. That by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. I draw your attention to the center words there. Partakers of the divine nature. The word in the Greek is shares. Your shares of the divine nature, same word. The given to us, that when you become born again, not just to go to church or know who Christ is in your head, I, I did that for years, but when you become born of the spirit, you take on a divine nature. Yeah. Your nature is not your own. Example. All the times I did drugs and alcohol, before I was born again, ah, I didn't want to get caught, didn't want to go to jail anymore, didn't want to go without a I owned a dealership. How, I, how would you like to own an automobile dealership and not have a driver's license? <laughs> Back then, years ago, I drove on a North Carolina driver's license. 
I went down and got one. God covered me. I was newly born again. Amen. God made a way where there was no way. You can say what you want. I got a license back then. They didn't have interstate computers. Amen. You're going way back. And uh, I drove on North Carolina. And I prayed. Never like it ever before. But God makes a way. But hear my heart. Before I was born again, I had to confine my alcohol because the problems with my wife, my first wife, or problems with the law or my driver's license because it was wrong. But I, I like to drink. I, I like to get high on drugs. But when I became born again, my nature turned. And I no longer wanted to do it. And then I began to struggle in the flesh. Until I worked it out. It took three years of repenting on my face in church, reading the Bible, professing scriptures, getting water baptized, getting the Holy Ghost. All these things added to it. Amen? Until I got the victory. And part of that was purging the bloodline because it came down from my father. The addictions. Addictions of alcohol. Which carries over into drugs. He wasn't, he wasn't into drugs, but I was. But I just another form of addiction. It gets worse, and it grows in the next generation. So whatever it, it could be food, it could be sexual. Look at children born out of wedlock. Look back at the bloodline. We don't have to pass that on to our children. And if they are, they're a blessing. Amen? If you have a child, it's a blessing. It's, it's a, but let's not pass those down the bloodline. We can stop it. We have the authority and power as Christians in God to do it. Everybody say amen. amen. I have take a minute, and I want you to just close your eyes for a minute. And I know we're over, but I think this is Stay important. Amen. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to let the Lord show you bloodline issues coming down from your mother, your grandmothers, your father, your grandmothers and grandfathers on both sides. And if you have to, jot them down. Because we're going to break all that garbage off of us this morning. You can only deal with what you know. Whatever God's revealing. Yes. So if he doesn't reveal it all today. You're not responsible. That's okay. You're going to go back into your prayer closet and he'll reveal it another time. Make sense? Yes. But the key is that you get this idea of breaking it by the blood and the name. How many of you got us showing you stuff right now? Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to pray at the end over this, breaking this stuff too. So just give us a few more minutes. Amen? You've got a new nature. You needed a new nature. You couldn't walk holy with God with the old nature, right? So we have to have our new nature. And the enemy will repeatedly try to tell you, you're just that same old person. No, you're not. And stop listening to the lies of the enemy. It isn't automatic. Look, look, look at this last scripture here. Colossians 2.14. Now this is how you're breaking them. It says blotting out. The handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, 
nailing it to his cross. The handwriting of ordinances. How many of you have read that scripture and thought, okay, that's a little over my head, but I'll just keep reading. The handwriting of ordinances, when we look this up, refers to the accusations the enemy is the information he's piling up to build a case against you mm-hmm. those are all the little things your junk passed down through the bloodline your bad habits your hang-ups your hurts that's why we need celebrate recovery Amen. those are all the junk he piles up in a nice little brief to bring accusation and his case against you. But it says, look what it says there about the handwriting of ordinances. That Jesus nailed him to the cross. Uh That busts up his case. He's got no more case against you. Claim, a legal issue, a legal claim, but it's at the cross. That's what keeps us free for breakthrough. That Jesus already purchased. Spiritually cleansing the bloodline through prayer, dissolving unholy covenants, adultery, sex, sin, crime, violence, anger, poverty, lack in our bloodline. See, you can be born again and have a curse upon you. Nothing to do with going to heaven. You can be born again, spirit filled, water baptized, heaven bound, have a curse over your finances and struggle all your life. Generational curse of poverty or lack. You can have a generational curse of sickness and disease. You ever see people are always sick? Yeah. And you pray for them, they get healed, they get sick again. And you pray for them again, they get healed, they get sick again. After a few months, they get sick again. And they're always constantly, they have a curse. Nothing to do with being born again, going to heaven. There's a curse there that's operating and giving the devil a legal right. We have authority to break those curses. Amen. We have to appropriate and apply it and nail it to the cross. Nail the ordinance to the cross. Everybody say amen. Now let's do these last set right here and we're going to go home. Now these renunciations, say them and mean them because you're breaking junk off for you. The last five. God, I know that you are holy and cannot sin. You do all things well. My attitude toward you has been at times one of questioning and bitterness. This is sin. I repent of it. Wash it out of me with your blood. I realize that all evil comes from Satan, not from you. And forgive me for blaming you for any of the works of the enemy. I can and do trust you. I know all things do work together for my good. Father, I love you and pray in Jesus' name. Jesus, I confess that through ignorance or willfulness, I have sought supernatural experiences apart from you. I bind, rebuke, and renounce all spirits of denial. I have disobeyed your word, and I ask you to help me as I renounce all these things. Cleanse me in spirit, soul, and body, I pray.
Satan, I close any door which I may have opened to you through contact with the occult. I renounce all contact with the occult. Forgive me, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I renounce, break, and loose myself from all psychic heredity, demonic holds, psychic powers, bondages, physical or mental illness or curses put upon me as the result of sins, transgressions, iniquities, occult or psychic involvements of myself, my parents or ancestors, of my spouse, any and all ex-spouses or their parents or ancestors. I thank you, Lord, for setting me free. Lord Jesus, remove and relinquish all my ability and powers, control, and communication with the evil spirit world. And I ask you, Lord Jehovah, to sever between my soul and spirit. Lord, let me not control my own human spirit, but I ask you to take complete control of my human spirit. I bind, rebuke, and renounce all power spirits. Lord, I will not use witchcraft even to protect myself. Lord, my conscious, subconscious, and unconscious mind, I ask you to sever from my human spirit so you can control all of me. I release and will my spirit to be totally under the mastership and lordship of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, please forgive my laziness and lack of diligence in seeking and spending good quality time with you on a regular, consistent, daily basis. Forgive me for allowing excuses, rationalization, and the busyness of this life for overtaking me. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, let us pray this last prayer. And I want you to just close your eyes and lift your hands. Lord, as we come into your courts, we stand before you, Lord. We thank you that what Jesus did for us on the cross now speaks on our behalf before your courts. God, we thank you for the gift of repentance for our own personal sins and transgressions. But now we bring all iniquity of our bloodline to you. Now name the junk and renounce it. Lord, we ask that anything the devil would legally accuse us of would now be revealed. We bring our bloodline to you through our father, through our mother, all the way back to Adam and Eve. We ask that anything the devil would legally bring against us would be known. God, we repent of all iniquities that we have discerned in the natural. God, we ask for the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus to speak for us and our bloodline. 
we ask that every legal right of the enemy that would try to use these things is now revoked, crushed, annihilated, eradicated. God, we thank you for the blood that speaks for us. We repent of all iniquity that we discern in our bloodlines through our parents. We ask that anything that needs to be exposed in our bloodline would now be seen. Anything that the devil as our legal opponent would be brought against us, we ask now, Lord, that it be eradicated and destroyed. We thank you for Colossians 2.14 that declares you took it away. You took it away. You took it away at the cross. Every case against us is broken. Every legal thing is broken. And we thank you, Lord, for nailing it to the cross. We receive it. We receive it. We receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen.